Welcome, welcome, welcome to Thirst Knowledge Podcast, episode 34. I'm James Evers. I'm Justin. And I'm Seth Tardiff. And today on the episode, we welcome Finding Philip into the TFK Pod studios. We had a really great conversation with Philip, and it was so great that uh, we ended up doing a two-part episode with him. So um, in this first episode, we talked to Finding Philip or Philip Karsha, about his beginnings as a hiker, what first inspired him to want to hike mountains. We talk about his early days when he got into um, video and TV production and photography and how all that stuff kind of ties into his social media presence now and how he uses um, social media to his advantage to promote his hiking projects and um, we learned a lot and had a really good conversation with him. So after you check out part one, be sure to check out part two in two weeks when that comes out. So enjoy the show, guys. Yeah, enjoy. Enjoy. Don't worry, I won't ask you any questions related to hiking. Yeah. Uh, that'd be really refreshing, man. Fuck. It's I, like all I've been talking about is fucking hiking. I would have to imagine, right? Like, especially over the last year or so. Right? Yeah, and, and even, you know, of course, yes. You know, the, 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 yes. Yeah. The, the answer to that question is yes. Um, a, a lot of a lot of my life or the, you know, the focal point around my life for the last year has been hiking, so to speak. Um, of course, because of the single year grid, this project that I, you know, that I finished yeah. uh, not, not too long ago, but a half a year ago. Um, but also because I work at a hostel, yeah. uh, five miles from the Appalachian trail. Um, you know, yeah. One of the only hostels in the white mountains, you know, one of, I think maybe two or three or four hostels in the white mountains. Um, again, five miles down the road from the Appalachian trail. I mean, like the, the culture, you know, even, you know, in through hiking season, when there's, when there's through hikers coming through and even in the, in the middle of winter, when you're just having people who are climbing these 4,000 footers in our, in our backyard, um, you know, every day, I mean, like you go to the hostel, you live at the hostel, you work at the hostel like I do. It's like you live, breathe, sleep, love, hate, hiking, <laughs> backpacking, endurance. Jeez. Everybody's got a mission. Everybody's got a got a list, you know, we're like a very list driven culture in, mm -hmm. in the White Mountains of the huh. Northeast. So we have like a lot of lists of mountains that kind of dictate or govern govern the, the decisions we make. A lot of people are just like, oh, you know, working on the 48, you know, the White Mountain 48. So the 48 mm. peaks in the White Mountains that are yeah. um, over 4,000 feet or I'm working on the 67. So the 67 peaks in, in New England Dang. that are over 4,000 feet. Everybody's kind of got like this. Their goals, their own yeah, goals or whatever. Yeah, yeah. This, this sort of motivator to, to get out out and um i love that man it helps you get get out the door you know sure that's pretty cool yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. uh long story short if you got some questions man that have nothing to do with hiking if you got some if you got, <laughs> some, got if so you, many. listen if you got questions that have to do with like sitting still if you have questions oh, that yeah. have to do with Your just like position? A, a sedentary lifestyle <laughs> just you know, gluttony you might have to yeah. get used to it soon 
The end of the world is near. <laughs> oh my god, that's a whole other. That's a whole other. Uh, we won't dive into yeah. it. Well, you know, it's interesting taking the taking the left down the driveway today. I was like, oh, cool. Like this is <laughs> this is the building. This is this is a compound. And the first thing that came into mind was, oh, this would be a sick little. Uh, what do what do they call them? Like, like bug a, out, like a prepping, a doomsday, like a, a do, doomsday prepper, mm. bug out. There you go. Shelter <laughs> where like you this and is the ten compound. of your homies. No, I was like, well, this is kind of like sunken down off the road. You can, yeah. you know, get get an idea of who's coming down to the fortress to attack. It's crazy. Got enough booze to last us a couple months, right? Speaking <laughs> oh, of that, guys, a while. I yeah, cheers, cheers, yeah. cheers, man! Thanks Appreciate for coming. Invitation, yeah. very, very yeah. cool, very yeah. cool, very Indeed, cool, man. Ooh, I'll get you. I'll get <laughs> gotcha. you. We missed. Yeah, so yeah, let, let's let's start it up, man. Today on the podcast, we have Philip Karsha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Philip, Phil, P Dog, Finding oh, wow. Phil, Finding Philip. Wow, <laughs> like, we're 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 a gang of nicknames. So yeah, you know. got it, got it. Uh, all of the above. Mm, nice. Okay. All right. Um, each, each and every one, very appropriate. Whatever you guys are feeling, I take offense to to very little. Right, oh, cool. nice. I like it. Yeah, 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 I like it. Yeah. Be warned. Be warned. <laughs> Be warned. <laughs> Good. That's what I was hoping for. At first, I was a little nervous. And then you're like, just want to shoot shit with the boys. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's yeah, do man. it. No, no. It's it's cool to uh, kind of have just like a, an open-ended uh, discussion over a table with some beers flowing. You know, I mean, all, all the uh, all the interviews that I've done and, and the podcast, they've all imagine. been incredible. But, you know, very, very structured. And I, I like that. My personality likes yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so it's cool to just like roll up, do this in person, have yep. a couple beers, you know, not even really like, OK, we're recording. Just, you know, yeah. flow into it. It's very cool. So I appreciate what you guys are doing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's something that like when we were coming up with this podcast, trying to figure out what is what is this thing, you know, and we just want to like explore topics that interest us and talk to people that interest us. Definitely. Yeah. And drink. And drink. <laughs> yes. All different beers. Delicious beers. Can't uh, can't can't hate on that. That's for sure. Yep. What are you drinking right now? What is that? This is. Oh man! You mentioned I, before, and then I forgot. I, I really wanted to have some like very, very dank beer from uh, from Central Massachusetts, where I'm from. Oh yeah. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, I have a common man beer. This is made here in uh, in New Hampshire. This is an IPA. Uh, this is a citrusy, crisp, quenching, hoppy as heck <laughs> IPA. <laughs> We're looking at six six on the uh, alcohol content and. Yeah, man, pretty good. This is my first time, first time grabbing this beer. Uh, pleasantly surprised. It's Wasn't good? quite sure. Yeah, it's good. It's cool. really good. Really, really good. We might have some Central Mass beers lying around later. Do you? Yeah. Oh, I see like a little uh, Wormtown brewery. Yeah. This yep. is sick, man. Yeah. Do you have any Treehouse left? I think I, I think I do have a can around. left. Do you? Yeah. You can try it out. You guys aren't hip to a, a, a spot called the uh, Timberyard. The Timber Yard. Timber Yard Brewery. No, no. Where's that? Where's this that? is in the Brookfields. I believe East Brookfield. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I hope it's East Brookfield. One of the Brookfields. Uh, Route 9. Huh. And uh, it was opened up, I think, within within the last year. And, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, a couple of homies of mine are, are very heavily involved and nice. uh, gave a gave a single year grid presentation um, yeah. at their spot uh, a, couple, a couple months ago. And uh, yeah, they're just like, they've got like a really, 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 really cure... Um, beautifully curated space uh down in central massachusetts and um the beer that they're making is it's getting there it's good 
It's really, really Let's tight. Try that out. That's yeah, awesome. Nine. Route nine. Yeah. So if you just keep going down west. route nine, way down route nine. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Brookfields. Yeah. yeah. So, he- so heading west. Yeah. Heading west. Yeah. Past Gardner. You know all. Uh, okay. Although gotcha. Gardner is much further north. Yeah, exactly. So like route two, you have the route two corridor, and that's that's running east to west, mm-hmm. and then you've got the route nine corridor, and that's running east to west as well, or west to east. Um, and they kind of parallel each other mm-hmm. on different different sections of the state. A lot of Massachusetts geography. Yeah, yeah you should know it, right? You hiked most of it. <laughs> I've, I've hiked a good portion of Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah. 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 You, you've already broken your rule, man. You said no hiking questions. Oh, it's true. I, I feel like we got to oh, drink. Where's my list? Any, anytime you list? ask me something relevant to this Ooh. conversation, we gotta we gotta drink. At least I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna drink. Cheers, guys. Sleeping here tonight. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so I mean, we can all. I think it's safe to say. The end is near. Uh, so <laughs> for sure, you know what you got. You got a bag ready. You ready to go? <laughs> Where are you going, dude? Oh man, Th- this is bad. I'm like you would think that I'm like so dialed in, so prepared, just backpacker hiker. Seem like a good planner. Endurance. You gotta be right. Totally like strategically dialed in. I'm like so far removed from this whole this whole thing man mm-hmm. um it's probably good though it's healthy for oh, your it's mind so good. it's really good um uh, yeah i was telling you guys i'm, I'm from from central massachusetts but i live in uh, north woodstock new hampshire and um have internet of course and electricity yeah. and everything but i don't own a television i don't watch television at all mm-hmm. um i get a lot of my my news and updates about like the uh <laughs> the covid the coronavirus um you know just quick social media glances just my brother hitting me up like you know filling me in he's a teacher in central massachusetts but i'm super disconnected man um that's good honestly for the best because it's ridiculous i'm like burnt out from it yeah every day it's just in your face yeah you can't hide from it yeah I, i can't imagine i mean i just in my mind i picture like the way that the mainstream media is set up around like snowstorms here in the Northeast. And it's literally just like every hour, the same thing repeating hour after hour after hour. They they don't even really need to be correct in what they're saying, right? It's just like- They're making up words. It's a bomb-nado, bro. (laughs) Yeah, eat your milk and bread before you all freeze to death. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So I can't even really like justify you know, spending too much time, um, you know, put, putting my energy uh, in, into watching that stuff and worrying about it. Obviously, like this is a yeah. this is a, a, a serious situation. I understand that. Like, I, I understand <laughs> the numbers and I understand like what's happening in other parts of the world and and what that would look like. You know, if if somehow that that were to happen here, which it's it's kind of happening here. Yeah. Um, but I'm kind of. Uh, you know, for better or worse, man, I'm kind of just relying on 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 this sense of like, oh, okay, I've got, I've got a lot of faith in 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 my fellow human. I have, yeah. a, I have a lot of faith in humanity. Maybe this is right. really dangerous, <laughs> and maybe I'm setting myself up here. But I've got a lot of faith in humanity, and I, I have a lot of faith that like this can be managed, and that like. You know, we're going to adhere to these restrictions that are going to be put on put yeah. on our our day to day because they're they're already here. Um, we we're talking about you know that when I first came in, people are <laughs> you know home from their jobs. You guys have like you know yeah. way smoother commutes because nobody's on the road. It's awesome. Um, and, and you know it, it could get more severe. So I'm just kind of like, man, I'm I'm down to do 
whatever you know the powers that be tell tell right. me to do uh, you know and i'm i'm certainly down to take a step back and just kind of like slow down and chill and reassess and and hunker down um but ultimately man i i have to just think that like we're fine it's gonna be all right man yeah it's gonna yeah. be all right. all right yeah everything's gonna be cool um and like i said i hope i'm not setting myself up for uh <laughs> i don't think you are for something crazy so yeah no bags packed no real like I mean, really, really the best plan that I've had is when I just mentioned this being a, a bug out shelter, like yeah. this spot right here. So you guys, here. yeah, you guys really <laughs> might see me roll up here if there's some kind of like martial law. I mean, nice. knock just on the door. Be thirsty. <laughs> we can go live 24 yeah. seven, just do like an ongoing <laughs> Corona cast. Day 75, I've already eaten oh Justin. Oh my God. <laughs> he was delicious. I love it. Just like ham. Yes. I wonder if we could do Naked and Afraid. We, that's apocalypse. A, that's naked the first, apocalypse. first day. Yeah. First Down. day. Okay. Down. That'll be the premiere. Yeah, there yes. we go. Guys, we need ratings. Exactly. We do. We're going to get ratings if we're all naked and afraid. Yes. <laughs> we're in Sam's basement. We're all really naked and really afraid. <laughs> it's dark, man. It's fucking so dark. I know. I, I think we're going to let we're gonna let you handle that, uh, you, you know, that, that, that narrative, man. But we're right. going to be here to support you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. So. So you grew up in Central Mass? That was that's kind of where your yes, Worcester sir. area. That was your your, yeah. your Wu Town, War Town. Yeah, I uh, grew up in uh, in the city of Worcester. Um, you know, attended um, Worcester Public Schools gr yeah. growing up, uh, all the way up through high school, and then you know went to Fitchburg State. We were talking about that. Go fail. Uh, Which high school did you go to in Worcester? I went to the one, the only. <laughs> Burncoat High School. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Had a good had a good time at Burncoat High School. I can't I can't lie to you. Um, and yeah, for for all intents and purposes, growing up, I mean, I had a very normal existence. You know, very um, normal middle class kind of up upbringing. You know, we 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 certainly weren't rich, but we never really wanted right. for much. Always had you know food on the table and what have you and. Um, you know, I, at the age of 16, I ended up climbing Mount Wachusett for the first time, which is a, a small little mountain in central Massachusetts, about 2000 feet, um, you yep. know, top to bottom, you're only going to climb like 800 feet, right. uh, in terms of, you know, actual prominence. So very small hill. Uh, but I ended up climbing that mountain when I was 16 and it really, really changed my perspective mm. on the world around me, you know, because I grew up in Worcester. I grew up in the, in the second largest city in New England, you know, I was yeah. accustomed to this very kind of like urban city environment, went to Worcester public schools, uh, saw a lot of culture, you know, going to Worcester public schools. It, it was cool. And, and getting up to the top of this mountain, looking back on my city, looking back at the Berkshires, looking out at, you know, these other mountain ranges, you know, being able to kind of like see the Boston skyline. Mm. It was sick, man. It was a yeah. really formative experience. And it just like, it, it kind of like turned a switch on in my brain. You know, I, I went home and I started, um, you know, researching online, like what are the biggest mountains in Massachusetts? What are uh, the biggest mountains in- <laughs> got hooked, man. Yeah, in yeah. New England, I was just super curious about it. Gotta get those badges. 100%, yeah, had, yeah. To, get the, had to get the list. <laughs> Gotta catch them yeah. all, right? 100%, <laughs> yes. Um, and, you know, saw, saw a lot of mountain ranges kind of pop out at me, but, um, you know, time and time again, there was, there was one place that kind of kept, um, you know, returning to the surface kept popping up and that was the White Mountains of New Hampshire. And I remember driving up when I was probably 19 years old, freshman. Majestic, right? Just so, drive through that? I mean, in the same way that being on top of Mount Wachusett and looking out at my city, you know, it was a very transformative experience to mm. to drive into Franconia Notch and to climb up onto, onto Franconia Ridge and like, you know, 
not supposed to do this, but being super young, you know, wasn't, wasn't hip to, you know, what the, what the rules and regulations were. Um, but you know, camping out up there and going through a rainstorm and waking up and see, seeing undercast for the first time in my life and having that experience so young and having that be the first kind of experience I was having in the white mountains. It was just so seductive, man. I mean, it, yeah. it had me, that's really what, <laughs> you know, first started to kind of draw me in and, and draw me into this kind of fanatical, yeah. um, behavior is just like, you know, all I wanted to do was, was go out and, and climb the mountains. So it's interesting because growing up in Worcester, you know, it's certainly, Certainly not the mountain climbing no. capital of you know the the United States by any stretch of the of the imagination. But at the same rate, um, w what it lacks, I think, um, kind of gave me a greater appreciation sure. when when I did kind of find what I was looking for in New Hampshire in the White Mountains. And so um, I'm really I'm really thankful, man. Like I'm, I'm thankful that I grew up in Massachusetts. I'm thankful that I grew up in the city. Um, and 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 that's you know before Worcester was hip. When it was a little bit more <laughs> rough around the edges, yeah. a little bit. Is Worcester hip now? Oh, yeah. Worcester is friggin'. I've, I've been out of there, I've dude. been out of Worcester for like two years. Did it's it getting get, gentrified, did it get that's hip for on sure. Aye aye aye. What's um what's going on in Worcester that I'm not aware of? Fill me dude, fill me in, boys. Pol got... Polar's getting that uh baseball field, right? That's funny, man. Yeah, the Woosocks. Uh, mm -hmm. They're redoing Kelly Square. Mm. They're getting all those nice uh the nice restaurants in there. Yeah. yeah a lot yeah. of good bars now. Yeah. They're they're like building a shitload of new houses. Yeah, yeah. Next it's time fancy. You're in town, stop by the Armsby Abbey. Yeah, Armsby is a great place. I've uh, I've been there once. I did not sit at the bar, but I'm familiar yeah. uh, with the place and their reputation. It's yeah. pretty amazing. I'm yeah. actually headed there after uh, after we we talk. So nice. Maybe I'll just go straight to. If you're sober. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I might be spending the night here. That's right, baby. Know, got right? Spare bedrooms. Yeah, there you go. It's blacking out tonight. <laughs> Off that uh, common man beer. <laughs> the cool thing about this area. And I, we've we've talked about this before in the podcast, but like we we are very fortunate that it's a simple one hour drive east, and we're at the beach. It's it's an hour drive north, and we're up in the beautiful White Mountains. Sure. You know, we're it's, we're an hour southwest, and we're on we're in farmland. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we just like what a beautiful area to grow mm -hmm. up in, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys all grow up? In this neck, I, I know you said you're you're kind of from the Massachusetts area. We're all more. from Lemonster. Right. I'm from originally from Clinton, but I moved out to Lemonster. Clinton, yeah, Clinton born, Dam, born and raised. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what do I know in Clinton? Clinton Dam, Washington <laughs> Reservoir, Cumberland Farms, <laughs> getting drunk in the woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Very, uh, very, very thankful to, uh, like I say, have that kind of um, lack of topography and lack lack of uh landscape um in my own backyard sure. you know and you, you kind of get a little dose of it going up mount wachusett and then you actually come up to the white mountains or come up to new hampshire and um yeah you just kind of appreciate it in a way that like i, I don't know if you if you quite would had you just kind of like grown up in the uh, woods or something yeah, oh, yeah. sticks yeah yeah, yeah. um and i, I i'm kind of hesitant to say that because i i don't want to make it sound like you know the people that grew up in the mountains have, have like they don't appreciate it as yeah, much or yeah yeah like yeah I, I definitely don't but want no, to paint I that picture but like let me tell you man growing up in the city and then like seeing franconia ridge for the first time i mean that was like truly yeah. that was a that was a life you know really a, kind of a life-changing experience for me you know versus if i'm making that drive every single day 
sure. from the moment I start forming memories. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. just a little, it's a little different. So um, yeah, man, I love the woo. Whether it's hip, whether it's whether it's not, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't really have that. Uh, you know, people have that like kind of love hate relationship with the place that they come from. Yeah, I definitely have that to Clinton. Fuck. Do you? <laughs> no, I mean I like it. I mean, I got fond memories, but yeah. I also have terrible memories yeah. of Clinton. Well, you, like if you grow up anywhere, that you're yeah. gonna have it's, good it's and kinda bad like, memories. It's kind of like fuck my hometown. I'm getting out of here. I'm making something of myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. out of here, bro. <laughs> and you're like, oh shit, Clinton, what's up, baby? <laughs> well, like the areas that we grew up in, you know, Lemonster and Clinton and that stuff. It's um, it's very. It's not a city. But it's not the country. It's that suburby kind of. You've yeah. got schools and you've got chain restaurants and you've got, you know, residential housing, and like the the, the part of town that I grew up in was pretty diverse. It probably like the more diverse part of town, I'd say. Sure. Yeah. But it's yeah. still a pretty. Um, it's a good, good place to grow up, right? You know, you've you've got everything you need, and it's in close distance. But you're not in the city. You don't have the danger of the city. But <laughs> get sure. stabbed, yeah, sure, by your right? best friend, like <laughs> bro. But it, it's friends. it's pretty. It's a pretty vanilla, you know, existence, right? Yeah. Like you're sure. not you're not seeing like yeah. There's there's some forests and some hiking paths and stuff and everything, but you don't have those views that you would if you were climbing a mountain or anything like that. You know. Wachusett's right there, though. I hike Wachusett like it is, yeah. 100 times a year, you know? Yeah. A lot of chicken in the woods in Wachusett on those trails. Okay. Now you're, now you're, we should have my, my twin brother here, man. <laughs> got to eat him up. He's a, uh, he's a, he's a mushroom connoisseur. Oh, really? Oh, wow. I love you mushrooms. catch my drift. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Me he, too, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. didn't know it was going to be that kind of podcast. Yeah. Well, speaking of, I, let me just grab my backpack here. <laughs> I know. I'm going to um, go in my car real quick. Yeah. I got, I got nine hours. I ain't doing anything. <laughs> Yeah, that would that would certainly make for an interesting drive home. Forget the beer. Yeah, right. <laughs> you are freaking out, man. <laughs> Pop a couple capsules of uh, of some mushrooms and <laughs> get like a Tetris Tetris game on the way home. Right. So when you first hiked Wachusett, did somebody bring you there, or like why did you why did you hike Wachusett? Uh, yeah, it was it was a school trip basically. Okay. Um, and it was just yeah a very. Uh, just a very quiet, you know, kind of contem contemplative experience um, in spite of that. And I was just, again, really, really taken by the experience. Mm. And um, I, I, you know, it, the whole hiking thing and, and the endurance thing has become such a huge part of, of my adult life that there's a part of me that kind of feels like, well... Whether or not I ever climb out what you said, I would have eventually found kind of like this lifestyle and mm -hmm. and, and and started spending my time the way that I've you know spent spent um, spent my time over over the last ten years. But I don't know. It'd be really interesting to see how things would be different if I never was on the mountain that you know that day, or if I you know was ever never on the mountain during that particular portion of my life because um it's 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 interesting man like even working at the hostel like i meet people all the time where it's like this is their you know they're coming up to new hampshire this is their first time hiking oh wow you know, they're yeah, they're, they're yeah. like my age they're older than me and it's yep. you, you forget that like 
whoa, there's like people out there that don't like actually quite get that. Like, you know, there's like trails that go up mountains and yeah. you, know, you can be prepared as an individual and, and go and climb these big peaks and you can go out in the middle of winter and you can push yourself to the limit. Yeah. You know, you can do things that like you wouldn't even imagine. I mean, there are people that like truly that they have no concept of that. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting, you know, try to keep that in mind to a certain, a certain extent. So when you were in high school, what, what did you think you wanted to do with your life? I know that's like a pretty, you know, crazy question, but we all kind of had some kind of idea, like af life after high school, what's yeah, it going to be? Totally, you know? totally. Computer engineer, he wanted to live in a cubicle and he just <laughs> exactly. like, he basically had a me like a mental breakdown. He did a hundred one, he did a complete 180. <laughs> wow. Were, were you with me in high school, man? This is like an exact. I was kind of like just following you this around. Is a true, I wasn't actually. This is a, a, just a true retelling of my, my adolescence. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, yeah. When I was in high school and even a little bit before then, I, I most of my, um, childhood years, I guess you would say, not really childhood years, but, you know, teenage years, so to speak, um, was centered around um, video, video production, photography. And so when I was in high school, you know, I was doing the theater thing, a little bit of acting, um, just like locally and within yeah. the school, um, and also doing like television production and like producing my own like video magazines and short skits and what have you. So was super interested in, in just media and and video and this was like before youtube and facebook and all of That's these cool. things mm -hmm. um yeah it was it was a really interesting time i had all of these skills but i really wasn't like there was no way to jump on the internet and just like upload them to youtube and have ten thousand people see them you know there's there was no way to like market yeah. yourself like on the inter internet these things like truly didn't didn't exist yet um, so I had always kind of been in like this, this mode of, I wanted to be like a filmmaker or, or a video producer. You haven't um, strayed too far though. I mean, you've kind of used that and made it your own, you know, because yeah, yeah, those yeah. pictures I've seen on Instagram, those things are baller as hell. Thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. I was God. like, how do you even do yes, those? Yes. That was going to be one of my questions. I was like, you had to have had some passion for that to get that quality of a photo that you're doing. Like I want you or, to do or somebody else was doing it for you. Like, no, no, yeah. uh, anything you guys see on the internet that's got my name attached to it in terms of video or, or, or in terms of photo or, or, or writing. I mean, that's 100% me. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's just kind of the result of like, um, you know, many, 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 many years of practice um, not not being very good and just like re refining my technical skill set and also refining just like my eye the way that I the way that I see things um, and and really bringing those two things together you know the, the technical skill set not not just like the camera but also the you know the editing I mean that, oh, that's yeah. that's truly a, a huge part of it you you would have no you wouldn't <laughs> believe you know what what, what um, you know, I love putting up pictures of like straight out of the camera photos versus like what the edit looks like, mm -hmm. because no matter how natural you make your edit, unless you've got a really stellar photo, a really nice, nice lit photo, um, you know, there's there's going to be some adjustments being made. Um, so it was just many, many years of just like refining my knowledge and my skill set. And I went to, you know, went to school for it and was very lucky to have, you know, met met very skilled and talented individuals and just stayed really passionate about it um, over the years and never really like turned it into a career. But um, what I'm kind of doing now, the kind of like wave that I'm riding now um, where like, yes, I'm hiking, but, but I'm taking on projects that are, you know, kind of out 
um, in, in left field, taking on projects that not many people, if anybody have, have ever taken on before. Um, and I'm using, you know, the skills that I've kind of grown up developing, um, the video stuff, the photo stuff, the writing, the social media, you know, as I kind of got my hands in that, yep. le learning what that was all about, what that, what that world was all about. And, and I'm by no means an expert, but, um, you know, kind of taking those skills and showcasing my experiences in a way that you don't necessarily see a whole lot, right? So I kind of make this yeah. joke, like like the one trick hiker or the one trick pony. You know, usually you see these cats out there who are going really hard and putting in the big miles and it's incredible. And it's like the level of talent and the level of like athleticism is insane and far beyond like, you know, my level, but it's kind of like all they do. Yeah, um, right. It's kind of like, just you know i i run fast or i run far mm -hmm. and like i mean you know I'm, I'm bowing to these guys in respect because it's because it's incredible and like i say it's far beyond my physical capacity sure. um but but i kind of pride myself on on not just being like a, a one trick hiker you know one trick pony i like to you know especially with something like the single year grid it's like you know pr pretty cutting edge you know in my opinion if i do say so um pretty cutting edge products uh project something that you certainly need a a, a level of athleticism a level a level of dedication um to, to pull off but but also you know i'm i'm churning out really beautiful well well crafted compositionally sound technically sound photographs um, amidst yeah. amidst that <laughs> yeah. way yeah. I mean, but. like, and, and I'm not like, listen, I've got a very realistic perspective. I'm very, you know, self-aware. It's like, there's a lot of people that do what I do in terms of the photography. Like mm -hmm. you, you want to go and look at, you know, the, the, the who's who of White Mountain, Northeast, you know, photographers, outdoor landscape, sort of like lifestyle photographers, like, dude. I'm nothing no, like I'm, I'm not even I'm not even hey, being man, like humble or not well yeah. and I and I appreciate that <laughs> yeah. um but but the, the the photography world specifically is very you know very saturated much more saturated than like the the peak bagging endurance yeah, sure. endurance world of the northeast so yeah because it takes a little bit more like you have to have that fit anything that involves like a physical feat yeah that's a different thing you're gonna you know? you're gonna obviously um less in the pool yes so to speak. exactly exactly um but yeah man i mean that's kind of what i wanted to do like i said when i was growing up and it's been really cool to be able to include those components include that skill set with what i'm doing now because uh number one it's like you know you're able to get the stuff in front of a lot more people when you're putting out compelling content compelling pieces of video compelling pieces of uh, compelling, you know, photographs. I mean, people see something beautiful mm -hmm. or eye catching, they're going to, they're going to stop and they're going to look and they're going to say, Oh, like, what's this dude all about? Um, so it's lovely, but, um, it's, it's also nice to, you know, like I said, not, not be a one trick pony to be able to yeah. go out and know that like, okay, you're, you're putting miles in you're, 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 you're separating yourself in, in the physical aspect in the endurance aspect, but also you're staying true to your creative self. Mm. There's like, nobody really wants to talk about, man. They just want to talk about like, oh, how much did it snow? Oh, like, <laughs> you know, how much did you eat? Like, you know, on your, on your, on your backpacking segments, like, you know, what did you, what did you wear? And it's like, well, um, I can tell you that like I carried all this food and I, and I wore, you know, ultra shout out ultra running. Um, <laughs> how uh, many beefy five layer burritos from Taco Bell? Yeah, did you yeah, it wasn't even that man. It was uh, hot pockets, hot pockets. Oh, absolutely. What flavor meatball. What I went talking? for the straight pepperoni, man. Pepperoni. Yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah, good the one. The meatball for me, once they kind of like, um, 
like solidified, <laughs> it got gross. Well, once they defrost and then kind of get to this like odd, like room temperature, like outdoor room temperature. Start getting slimy or something? The meatballs just have like this weird taste. Like they need to be hot. <laughs> it's like you chemicals hear, or yeah. something. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I, I have no idea. It's um, pepperonis it's like, over there. Yeah, at. it's GMO meatballs, uh, yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah, man, it's um... so uh, with everything that you've kind of done in your past with with your experience as a through hiker and just kind of being out in the wilderness, how does how has that kind of influenced or what have you brought into your photography um, with with those experiences? Yeah, it's it's interesting, like <clears throat> when I first started uh, making images and shooting video and I was probably like 13, 14 years old. I mean, the first camera that I got, um, you guys, uh, how old are you guys? You guys can be that much, that much younger than I am. You graduated in 2002, right? Yeah. We graduated in 2005 yeah. Okay, high school. Yeah. So you guys know what like VHS. Oh, oh yes. yes. Oh, okay. oh yes. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, fuck man. These guys yeah. return it to the video store without Dude. rewinding it. Yeah. Blockbuster <laughs> baby. Exactly. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. video, son. <laughs> Blockbuster slept on, on Netflix, man. They needed to adopt that. Uh, remember that bullshit VHS cleaner you had to put in because your tapes wouldn't read right. Oh yeah. Well, or, you had to close your eyes and go la la la, la when it was rewinding. You don't <laughs> fuck up your own shit. Well, and then inevitably, like the ribbon would just like spew out <laughs> and be unmanageable. Yeah, it was insane. Um, yeah, so like the first camera that I ever shot on, first video camera, recorded onto a VH VHS. Yeah. So yeah. it was an RCA yeah. VHS cam camcorder. Used to fucking make wrestling yes, videos with those. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. big yeah. ones. It's it's on your it's on your uh, your shoulder, and. Um, I think my dad had one Christmas of 93 or something. My yeah. dad definitely yeah. did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that was kind of like the first, uh, you know, that was that was kind of like the first camera that I ever shot with, you know, back back when I was, um, yeah, it had to have been like 13 or, or, or 14 years old. Yeah. Um, and then you kind of like pro pro progress from there, you know, so to speak. But I'm kind of... Well, I guess my... Cause, photographers who kind of go to school and they kind of learn about like lighting and like a little bit more of like the science aspect of it who don't necessarily have an outdoor background um i feel like there's some things that they're not really looking for or they kind of overlook or miss to capture without having that sort of background experience mm -hmm. and i think you coming from basically marrying two of your 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 favorite passions and kind of and being more diverse and well-rounded versus favoring any other one side. I've got to imagine that's kind of, you, you can pick out different things in your photography and, and what you're looking for in videos now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just so funny, man. Like when I talk, when I talk about like the, the progress or like progressing, I mean, the, the, the videos that I was producing back then, man, when I, you know, when I had this camera, this VHS camera, straight up gems, um, <laughs> I kind of want to release a like best of like a, like it, a dude. finding fill up like b-side like because you know we're talking bleach blonde hair full bowl cut your <laughs> Wait, boy how old dude. were you in this dude, oh my god 13 13 hey guys this is Philip. real talk what's up bros real talk I, <laughs> straight up Bluetown son if, if I knew we were going here right now I would have ripped one of the VHS tapes on, and made it digital and like got, gotten something going Shut right up. now because it's oh, insane man. some sweet clip art just a flame comes in <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, yeah. welcome, to, welcome to Fine Philip Wu Town, baby. Well, you know, it's you know, it's funny is you know, not to digress here. Hold on to your thought, but yes. you know, you're talking flame and shit. Like this was the wild shit. You know, talk about like progression of content mm. and how you know how did I take you know what I was doing back then and bring it into what I'm what I'm doing now and. Um, I mean, the videos that I was making was were straight up jackass style videos, oh, man. The, like, like this, this is not an exaggeration. Me in the middle <laughs> of winter. Okay, I'm gonna reiterate: bleach blonde hair, bowl cut. Bowl cut. Okay. Okay. Jinko pants. Oh you, yes. You guys always, always okay. Jinko. So Jink, Jinko Baggy pants. Hell? The baggiest. Oh nice. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you get the little like ball bearing chain? <laughs> do you have the ball bearing chain? Do you have the? Do you have the wallet chain with no, no money no, in it? No, you know what I was fucking with? I was fucking with like the the like the hemp. Okay. Like oh, the hemp, yes. like, oh, like, with like a couple I, beads I, in it. Um, puka shell. I'm like yeah. so fucking embarrassed to even use this this word. Like the hemp choker. Oh my god. You guys know what I'm talking about. Oh exactly. Like yeah. a little too tight. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? With like whatever the gems or yes. like dim diamonds or whatever but no okay so like this is like two yeah i don't even know this is 1990 something yeah yeah finding philip yeah um in the middle of winter did you get you find yourself dude i found myself lighting myself on fire uh, oh, yeah. like jumping off of my fucking roof off of my parents <laughs> roof dude it's like project badass like yeah. exactly. in, into the snow and like th there was no like um sleight of hand there was no like um you know stunt coordinated dude it was me like i i think i was wrapping just an asinine amount of towels <laughs> ar ar around my arm and like hiding it <laughs> underneath my hoodie and just ever so slightly sprinkling some gasoline oh my God. <laughs> onto the onto the onto the surface and and yeah. and lighting both my hand hands on fire both my arms on fire you know and uh, jumping off of my fucking parents' roof, man, into the snow and like flailing out of control. These were the types of videos that I was that I was making. Um, but <laughs> that being said, you know, it was very theatrical. It was very dramatic. It required a lot of planning. There was usually like one or two homies behind the scenes, or like, dude, I'm gonna jump off my roof on fire. Like, this is what happens if this gets you like, know don't crazy. Get out. Don't use the gas. Use the water. Exactly. <laughs> Um, you know, kind of directing them, like, make sure, you know, you're shooting me like this coming down. So there was always kind of like that vision, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so, you know, your, your interests change, your, your, your vision for your life and, and your creative self changes. And, you know, over the course of many years th through high school and through college, like those types of weird stunt videos just, you know, lost their appeal. Right. And I, I found the mountains and started giving myself to the mountains and, and naturally just you know at, at first it was like a separate thing i didn't i didn't see the mountains as an av avenue toward you know um media or creating anything. or yeah or sh or photography although you would think that it it's a no-brainer yeah, right? yeah you, would, you yeah. would think that right <laughs> um but my first few like long distance hikes you know my first like multi-day multi-hundred mile hikes like i didn't have i had a little disposable camera with me mm -hmm. so I had very like, little interest what was your first like multi-day and how long was it because I was trying to do a through hike last year. It was like, I don't know, 40 miles. And then my dog got fucking smashed by oh, a man. porcupine, like oh, in the middle of it. And I was like, oh, fuck, we got to go. But mm -hmm. it took a lot of planning. It took like a week for mm -hmm. me to plan that mm -hmm. shit out. Mm -hmm. It was the Wopak, what is it? The Wopak Trail. Wopak Trail. Oh, killer. All the way down to Wachusett. Funny, man. I was just thinking about that trail on the way down here. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I want to go out and hit it this this week, maybe. Nice. Okay. Um, Yeah, first, like, 
serious backpacking trip was intended to be a through hike of the Midstate Trail. The Midstate Trail is a 92 mile footpath that um, actually starts at the southern terminus of the Wapak Trail. Yep. So Mount uh, Watatic. kind of what we were trying to do. Okay. And um, from there you travel 92 miles south over Mount Wachusett, over the, the lowlands of like south central Massachusetts. And you finish at the Rhode Island, Rhode Island border um, in Douglas State Forest. It's 92 miles, and uh, that in 2006 was was supposed to be my first, you know, long distance hike. Um, there's a picture on my Instagram page. Uh, you can go on and check it out, and you'll see what I look like at the beginning of that trip. <laughs> Absolutely insane. Um, I was in cargo pants, Adidas sneakers, uh, just some like white, sh you know, shin high cotton socks nice an abercrombie and titch uh <laughs> fitch uh t-shirt oh, wow. a north face um ball cap and i think i was rocking like a 55 liter just expedition oh, style wow. backpack right. yeah, to, yeah. to walk across Everyone. massachusetts in the middle of summer yeah. like oh, no boy. elevation you know it's just insane um and needless to say you know i made it about 30 miles before um before I just developed a ton of blisters on my feet and realized that I was in way over my head um, and had to get off the trail. And uh, this was 2006. Uh, throughout the course of, of, of that summer, so later that summer, I went back and finished the Midstate Trail over the course of you know a few day hikes, like 10 mile day hikes, and um, kind of like finished that season. So that summer, 2006, thinking to myself like, well, um, that definitely didn't go as planned but i ended up like finishing the trail and i think if i like refine my style here um i.e like got into some real hiking gear and like dropped a bunch of weight yeah um not like on myself but like in, in my backpack yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i need this winter weight baby it's coming off <laughs> the winter weight will will depart um yeah, if if I dropped a you know a bunch of a bunch of weight off my backpack, you know, I, I was like, I think I could actually probably do this. And so, uh, that following summer, uh, the summer of two thousand seven, I went out and I had my sights set on the long trail. So this this is a two hundred and seventy five mile footpath that stretches from the border of Massachusetts to the border of Canada across the entire state of Vermont, mm -hmm. uh, regarded as one of the most difficult long distance, you know, shorter long distance trails in the country uh super rugged super remote the northern section is very remote very rocky very technical just slow going just um tough mountains to get up and over and um yeah really long story short i ended up hiking the long trail in 28 days very pedestrian pace very chill pace you know 10 miles a day i took one day off um dropped my pack weight got into some good shoes got like legitimate hiking gear got you know a, a light a lightweight backpack just really you know held myself accountable by keeping a gear list and you know started to tune that shit absolutely up. man fine-tune everything and i was like i guarantee <clears throat> i'm gonna be i'm gonna be starting so much further ahead of the curve than i than i did the year before and it just kind of worked out and when i finished that trip like coming home with you know just the kind of pride that you can imagine someone comes home with like especially their first time going out into the mountains into the green mountains this these tough mountain range um you know especially like coming from a family there's no hikers man like none of my friends like worcester public school it's kind of weird like, like i mean about. no one no one was was into this man no one had any idea what was like stirring inside my head or why i would want to go go and do this so to, to come back from that experience and not only say like i did this but also like i want more i mean it really they must have thought you were crazy my dad especially man yeah. i mean everybody else was kind of just like 
all right, man, we, we, you know, we've always known this kid kind of like, you know, kind of you know, walks to the beat of his own, you know, his own drummer. But, um, you know, my dad and a few people especially were like, you know, what's, <laughs> is everything going to be okay? drugs? Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> yes, um, but, but scratch that. This has nothing to do with <laughs> yeah, that dad, yeah. trust me. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that kind of set off like a, a multi-year string of, of through hiking where, where literally all I did in, in the winter and the fall was save money. I waited on tables. I, I cleaned homes. I was, you know, a, a pizza, pizza driver. I did photo stuff, product photography. I mean, you name it. I was, I was trying to do it to, to generate an income and um, I would go out and I would hike, you know, th- throughout, throughout the following summer. And um, over the course of, you know, eight years, I uh was able to take off some of the most iconic some of the longest trails in in the country so you know got the appalachian trail i got the the long trail like i said the pacific crest trail the colorado trail um yeah a bunch of other again like shorter what's the j one it was like was there a j one muir I did the John Muir Trail. Is yeah. that what that was? JMT. Yeah. I was looking at your thing. I was trying to yeah. d- decode them all. Yeah, and I, was like, I. Yeah, it's I. That that one's like a, a hit or miss in terms of like even needing to mention it because the PCT, the Pacific Crest Trail. I mean, the PCT and the John Muir Trail coincide for they all, overlap all, or something. Yeah, all but like twenty miles. So mm-hmm. um, I did go go back um, two years after I hiked the PCT and just did like the John Muir Trail as um, just a standalone. Like I want to go back to the Sierra kind of trip. Um, did you do a lot of these alone solo or we, did you start off with a group? Usually I was starting off by myself, okay. um, with the exception of the PCT and the Colorado trail. Um, and I guess, I guess a couple of the other ones, um, I was starting off by myself and then kind of like meeting people while, you know, while, while I was out there, um, which, which I prefer because I realized very quickly and you know, this, this is, um, being, being said, um, w- with the understanding that, you know, when I got on the AT, I met a young married couple and I ended up hiking like the first 750 miles with them. I was hoping I, something better, but keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I don't kiss. I don't kiss and tell man. Uh, that's, that's off camera. Yeah, exactly. Expiration date is like 10 years. That was, that was 12 years ago. We Different can't, code, can't speak on it. True. Very true. Um, yeah. Um, you, you know, I, I met a young married couple the first day that I was out on the Appalachian Trail and, and ended up hiking, you know, 750 miles with them, um, you know, in, inadvertently, so to speak. I mean, for the most part, camping with them almost every single night going into town, they were just like cool, wow. cool, cool, cool people. Um, but I prefer at the very least going out there without a partner sure. so you have the flexibility to you know to That's have experiences true. like that unfold because if you're if you're starting with a partner which i've i've started many trips with partners and had incredible experiences going out and hiking hundreds of miles with with you know one single person or two two people but um <clears throat> if you go out there with a partner i mean you do add like a tether of responsibility it's right. that, it's it, that compromise you know, yeah it's yeah. it's that compromise Re- regardless of how much um, the the two people you know can be on the same page and and thinking in the same way. I mean, you you inevitably are going to be compromising, and um, yeah, sometimes that that kind of limits limits the experience. So I like going out solo, man, and then just kind of like allowing myself to shift in between groups, shift in in between people, and and the way that the trail kind of flows is incredible because you know I I ended up hiking you know seven hundred and fifty miles with those with those guys, but you know it's kind of a crazy yeah well it's kind of a loose term though because it's like all right maybe somewhere in the middle there like i got you know 
two days ahead of them yeah and we weren't in each other's presence for maybe like a week you know but then all of a sudden one day i'm just like on the trail hanging out and you know around the corner you know they 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 come (laughs) up the way and it's like oh my god man like you know the trail kind of just has that energy has that that ebb and flow um so you don't really need to start with someone man um i got a question yeah so all the trails you did right Mm mm-hmm I, there's obviously spots where like you're not in the woods. You have to like hike on the roads and shit, right? Do you hitchhike on those or is that cheating? Would that be considered like cheating <clears throat> if you're like hitchhiking? And if you were hitchhiking, was there any like, you, did you ever hitchhike and like get picked up by some crazy lunatic or some like weirdo? <laughs> Dude, I love the way you think, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot, lot of questions to address yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, ignore the first two. I no, really no, want to no, know about no. the... <laughs> I love it. No, I want to, I want but I want to address okay. all of them because they're all kind of important. Right. Yeah. Um, so on something like the Appalachian trail or, or um, the, the PCT go. or any of these like major national scenic trails, like generally speaking, very, very small portion of your hike is going to be on a road. Yeah. Okay. Um, where hitchhiking kind of comes in is when you get to a road crossing where the trail continues on the other side yeah and you got to use this road to like get in and out of town Mm. to like get some supplies right gotcha Mm -hmm. so it kind of depends in terms of like is it cheating or not it's kind of um i wouldn't consider that cheating well it it kind of depends on how much of a you know purist you are quote unquote purist how purist driven are you as a hiker me personally i'm i'm a very purist driven person in the respect that like if you're out doing something if you're claiming that you're like through hiking like don't don't skip any miles man like if you have to get off the trail and like not travel the actual path i'm okay with that but it it certainly doesn't have as good as a of a feeling you know compared to if you're just like on the, the route proper um but but as long as there's a continuous footpath i i'm cool with it um so so to your point or to your question like if you get to a road and you got to go into a town five miles down the road and you get you get into a car and hitchhike down into town and then hitchhike back up and continue exactly where you left off you are 100 percent good in in my mind i figured now if you get into a car and go into town and then the next dude that grabs you you're looking at your map and you're like oh "Oh, dude take me here because you know that there's like a road crossing like five miles up up the trail like the the trail crosses a road again and and you tell this this gentleman to drop you there so that you miss this five miles of trail to me not cool at all (laughs) no not cool no um even if it's like five miles and like my truly purest driven self you know when i'm like out there fucking doing it and like deeply invested no when i when i was doing the at man i would get dropped off you know where i where i would originally hitchhike and um you know generally you'd be on the other side of the road right i'd go back and i'd touch and go back so like i'm a little obsessive about it i mean it it is a pretty big deal doing that shit you know like to like do the whole thing you might as well do the whole thing and well that's the thing too it's like why would you just skip five random miles right because it's like going through the woods are boring it's like dude just i think there's something to be said about keeping it an unbroken unbroken footpath if you Mm, get off of the pct or get off of the at all right, whatever. That's that's you know that's however you you know that you can kind of let that lie wherever you know it it, it lies within your own conscious. But um, I feel like that would eat at you. 
That would totally, especially. I I guess it depends on your personality, right? I know it ate at me, but there's people who like get in a car during a marathon and like, you know. (laughs) And that's that's kind of a really interesting point too, because you know we glorify this kind of thing in our culture, whether like Mm -hmm. whether or not like through hiking and like these endurance sports are like mainstream or not. Like we glorify this stuff, and within the hiking community, it's certainly glorified. And I, I know for a fact, like you know, on the PCT specifically, like there was a gentleman who was out there with us and it was laughable guys. Like the way this dude would just like, you know, we all started around the same day, never met him before or anything like that. But he's just like this dude, like repping all this brand new gear and like, of course, wasn't really looking like he was in shape, but definitely like looked like he had some some beans to spend on some new gear and yeah. had some super lightweight stuff and was just like very hip and like savvy and like well, you know, well read on the trail and what have you. And, you know, we dusted him like right off the bat. And it was just laughable, man, the way that this man would reappear oh. in at trail crossings <laughs> like and in no trail sweat tons. on him, like, hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> but, but, no, but like before us. Oh, yeah. like, oh yeah. like like my my guy did, like is there like a, a vortex out here like is there like a warp warp zone that i'm not observing what's up bro yeah. oh you guys just made it i've been here for like 20 minutes yeah i already got a room man like come on i don't here. know if you noticed but i'm at 100 <laughs> it, it, it was really funny man and, and like even after this is not an exaggeration like this is no hyperbole like we we didn't see him for like two three months okay and oh, didn't no. didn't hear from him and we're just like oh, okay like this fool is just you know whatever is just like they pop out like baxter state park like what's up <laughs> well, well this, this was on the pct, PCT. oh the pct okay okay no but it it's pretty much the equivalent this this man shows up at like hearts pass it's 30 miles before the canadian border dang looking just like like fresh as fresh, fresh. Yeah, yeah looking fresh nice and full he gained like 20 pounds <laughs> but 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 well, but that's the funny thing is yeah look looked unchanged yeah. like grew his beard out a bit grew his hair out a bit mm-hmm. but like his physique was completely unchanged his kit looked unchained uh, uh unchanged and it was just crazy like the craziest thing about it you know wasn't necessarily that like it, it was happening in in front of us like this gentleman just like showing up and 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 really like trying to play it off like he had walked to where we we were <laughs> but just his completely unapologetic nature like like <laughs> like just really playing the part man like like wow. just walking around so, like so he was actually like playing and like he believed his own lies like just projecting to the world that he was conquering this trail he's like good job guys we did it (laughs) listen i i could i could walk up to this man and put my hand on his shoulder and say my you know my guy like listen you know give up the ghost here like this is insulting Mm -hmm. kind kind of i hate to be a baby like that i could see it i could see um, a little bit I, i could say that to him and I don't think that he would. I don't think that he would break character, man. Sure. What do you yeah. mean, man? What yeah. do you mean? Man? Yeah. No, totally, totally. <laughs> and like, and then like up on his Facebook page, like just talking about how rocked he got the last thirty miles, and like the the trail continues to humble you, and still oh, paying dues thirty uh. miles left. And it's like my guy, like. You know, we just walked, you know, 500 something miles across the state of Washington in 26 days. It ranged 23 of those days. Yeah. Like my feet are completely 
cannibalized. Yeah. Um, and you're rolling up like looking super fresh, like, you know, walking around with some gear that I would love to have. I could see how um, you like, somebody. Yeah. Well, yeah. and, and yeah, could, cause it's I just like, you know, cause for the people that don't know, yeah. And and you know it's it's easy to be like well man you know so if you know you know you know what you did out there and and that's a super valid point but you know for for the people that are walking around that don't know I mean it's kind of tough to see somebody getting the credit the same credit yeah. mm-hmm. uh, for for what for what you actually did especially that year because like I said the twenty six days you know walking across Washington it rained twenty three days that's crazy it was insane man and it was it. Yeah, really fun. really cold and we worked hard for it and the Sierra Nevada got you know, 150% above average snowpack that year. So we were on, we were on snow for over 200 miles, you know, straight sun cupped, you know, post holing over these 12,000, 13,000 foot passes. You know, we worked our asses off for that shit. So it is kind of tough to roll up and, you know, act cool about just someone taking credit for doing that same shit, man. You know, it's like, what's what's post holing? I don't know what that is. Post holing is when you're walking on a snow field or walking on a snow covered trail and, and the snow is unstable to the point where and you keep falling through. You keep that shit. Sucks. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was uh, a big, big, big theme of my winter. Um, when I was working on the single year grid, this, this big, this big project that I just finished because the amount of snow that we got last, last year in the whites, sure. I'm sure you guys probably even notice it like down here. Um, the amount of snow that we got last year in the whites was crazy. Absolutely next level. I've never seen anything like it, man. There was feet and feet and feet and feet of snow to the point where you were so high up that you're off the trail altogether. So there's no blazes. There's nothing marking the trees. A bunch of the signs were buried. So all the little reflectors and shit on the trees were buried. I've got, I've got pictures of me like with the white blazes, um, that's crazy. That 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 mark the Appalachian Trail in like April. And oh, I saw these pictures. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and yeah. It's like literally at my ankles. In April. It's yeah. literally at my ankles. Yeah. Um, you remember when we hiked? Was it Lafayette? Remember it was like me, you, Justin, and Patty. Was that Lafayette? Oh, no, that was uh, Mount Cardigan. Cardigan. Oh yeah, right, Cardigan, dude. Where me and Patty slept at that cabin. That's my buddy's cabin up in New Hampshire. I remember going up there in like April, and the friggin' the wind rose from the plows were like double cars. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. It's like another world sometimes. It, it really is, man. And um, I mean, just just imagine no longer being on a trail, you know, imagine walking in a canopy of trees. And yeah, and that's so- pretty, That's pretty sick. It, 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 it is sick. Th- this was the issue for me. It's kind of scary though. I mean, in a little way. Cause yeah. You just fall through and you're like, help. Well, and you're like 20. <laughs> You know, how deep do you think that snow was like 10 feet, five feet? I think there were areas that were like close to 10 feet, but, but, but here's the thing, you know, in the middle of winter, depending on how the storms come in, the trails can get really nice because if you have a week, 10 days, 14 days where there's no accumulation and you have a bunch of people out on the main trail networks with, with their snowshoes on the trails become like packed super down. well packed man like you can <laughs> run on these you can make really good time you still need traction on your feet um but there's no rocks and stuff to climb there, there, it's like there, a flat there's no rocks the, the the problem was last year we were getting storms so frequently they were coming like every two weeks man and they weren't coming in inches they weren't being measured in in inches they were being measured in feet and so 
that then becomes like the antithesis of a super well-packed cruisy trail. That becomes an arduous, um, slow, energy-zapping experience, especially if you're out there by yourself. And what what kind of started to happen was, so like, just, just picture this. So you're up, like, let's just say eight feet off the trail truly in a canopy of trees now right there's no blazers there's no real way to 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 tell what direction you need to go in because like you know if you look up when you're on a trail and you look eight feet up i mean it's just kind of a, a a canopy everything's kind of bunched together it's really tough to know where the trail goes just by looking at it because there's no indication yeah and so i'm out there in january february when it's completely freezing right like really really cold um with with the wind chill and i'm in at times this isn't every day of course but at times i'm in six inches 12 inches 24 inches of snow breaking breaking through the trail it's zero degrees maybe you know maybe maybe like negative double digits and and so just sound miserable well well, (laughs) and and it's and it's and it's even it's even more complicated because it's like okay you're walking along the trail you're moving a lot slower right because you're you're breaking through snow so you're you're not really able to like generate body heat um at the same time because you're breaking trail but then you're having to stop because you don't know where the fuck you are and then you're pulling out your map you're pulling out you know, yeah, your, your are you GPS. Or you, you got a compass? Map I, got, I had a GPS okay. uh, primarily in a map. And so you stop, you readjust, you say, oh, I've, I'm actually off of the trail 10, 15 feet. So then you trudge back over to, to the actual trail. You can't really tell that you're back on the trail with the exception of like the GPS tells you that you're back on the trail. Because again, you're eight feet up, you're in a canopy of trees and you're walking through fresh snow. There's no indication of where the trail goes. You walk maybe another 50 feet, 100 feet, and you're like, I don't know where where I am. And, oh, and you, you know, be, because like I was working at the same time, like working, you know, at this hostel in town, I had places to be. I couldn't just like be out there. Right. Um, there were plenty of days, man, where I, ha- going through, you know, something like this, a scenario, you know, similar to this, where I had to like actually call it and like, damn, I got to come back. I got to come up and do this on another day because you're just not making any forward progress. And also like you're losing all your body heat because you're never really moving for long enough to like get that generated again. It was a really, really tough year to try to do what I, what I did. Um, and a lot of that had to do with the, with the snow. That's like that was like the best episode. 
man, that guy was awesome, and he is crazy, and he hikes way more than all of us combined. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's an understatement, James. He hikes more than I've ever hiked in my entire life. <laughs> uh, yeah. He hikes. Yes. He hiked more than I will ever hike in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. It, all of us combined, probably. Definitely. So um, we kind of ended it right there. Uh, it's It might have seemed abrupt, but we're going to pick right off. Uh, pick right up in the next episode and it will make total sense because in the next episode we um we get into his project and we get into the nitty-gritty of the details you know what he did um you know what the single year grid thing was and uh it's really exciting so stay tuned guys um as far as qc stuff goes the only thing that i wanted to make note of was we talked a little bit about timberyard brewing company and um uh, Philip couldn't remember exactly which Brookfield it was in, and it is indeed in East Brookfield, Massachusetts. And um, I have not had any of their beers, but I checked out their website and social media and stuff, and it looks pretty good. So I'll definitely be checking that out. Yeah. Uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to all of our subscribers. You guys, thanks for listening. And for all our new subscribers, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and twat us on Twitter. Thanks, guys. Yeah, and be sure to also check out Philip on social, all his social media as well. Yeah, finding Philip, right? Finding Philip at Twitter and everywhere else, or findingphilip.com. Go check him out, guys. Mm-hmm. Big, big thanks to uh, Philip for being on the podcast. Awesome. And stay tuned for part two. Sausage candles.